Thanks for joining us this week on the show. In the midst of the world going mad around us, I wanted to take the time to record an episode and share a special message with you. Ways that you can raise your vibration, ways that you can support yourself to feel more energized, to feel more emotionally uplifted so that you can feel nourished, connected, and we can continue to do the work that we're called to do here in the world. So thank you for carving out time to join us. I'm so grateful to have you here. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show to have a conversation you and I, about something that has been feeling really important lately. It's hard to ignore the news and the impact that the news has on us. If you're listening to the show, then I know that you're someone who feels, who, who cares about how they feel and who cares deeply about others and their well-being. And I care about you. And so today I want to share ways that I feel are really important to understand, to know, and to integrate ways that you can raise your vibration when the world is going crazy around you. Thanks for joining me. I'm really grateful that you're carving out this time for yourself to be here. And I really want to hear what resonates with you. Which of these tips that I'm going to share as I'm running through my outline, I counted about 20. So we'll see how far we get down this list. I'd love to hear which one of these resonates with you, which one might be surprising, and what you plan to integrate first so that you can feel more resilient to the heavy, heartbreaking news that we feel like we're surrounded by these days. And it's not even these days. When we look back over the course of the last three years and everything that we have traveled through and survived together, it's kind of felt like an incessant tidal wave of news that's hard to digest, hard to reckon with, reconcile, and move through. We want to believe that the world is a good place and... I believe by doing these things that I'm going to share with you, you can start to restore that faith in the best possible outcome coming to be reality and the ways that you can be a part of it. So let's dig in. First of all, ways to raise your vibe. What does that even mean, really? And I try to keep it pretty practical, pretty grounded on the show, but I also as you might know already, have a fairly woo side. While I was still doing regular work, I was introduced to homeopathy, to flower essences, which are still a passion of mine, and to Reiki healing. And I've been a Reiki practitioner for several years now. I'd say over 10, not going to stop and do math while I'm recording. But it's really opened my eyes to the impact, the influence of the energy that is all around us that is within us. So let's take a look at that. What does that even mean? How are we vibrational 
beings. Well, first of all, we know that everything is energy, right? At the subatomic level, between the particles of atoms is energy. The electrons orbit the nucleus of an atom. And within that field, within that space, one of the favorite analogies that kind of blew my mind when I heard it is if you're reading words on a page and the nucleus of an atom is the period on the page, then the electrons might be orbiting that period around the outside of the building that you're currently sitting in. So scale notwithstanding, at the atomic level, we are more energy than we are matter. Fascinating to think about, right? Which is what's so amazing with the discoveries and insights that are coming from quantum physics. When we're really taking a look at what it means, what influence does energy have on us? So we know now that at the atomic level, we're more energy than matter. And energy is all around us. We live in fields of electrical energy, right? And we use these mobile phones and devices. We're connected on networks. We sit next to electronic gadgets that emit electromagnetic fields. And so our innate, our internal energy has a lot of input and influence affecting it. But not only from the external world, we also can impact and influence our internal energy and the energetic field that we emit. And this is something that has been studied over years by the HeartMath Institute, and they have some fascinating research and insights about the energetic fields that we emit, our ability to come into congruence with others who are in our field, heart congruence, emotional congruence. It's really fascinating and juicy stuff. So when we think about the influence that our world has on us, our emotions also have a great impact on our energy. We know that stress, that fear, that grief can actually have an influence on our heart. The emotions that we have, the neurotransmitters that those elicit, then have an influence on the rate of our heart. Does it slow our heart rate or speed our heart rate up? And when you're feeling emotions of stress, you can feel physical impacts of stress. Again, that impact on your heart rate, on your breath, on your digestion, and again, all of these are so interrelated, right? From the atomic level to the molecules that make up the parts of our cells, the cells that make up the tissues, that make up the organs of our body throughout ourselves is this influence of energy. And not only our environment, not only our physical well-being, but our emotional state has profound impact on our energy. So what we want to recognize is that when we get this heavy news coming in, when we feel the influence, when our heart feels like it's breaking because we hear of war in other countries and atrocities being committed on any side, we take that in. It's impossible not to hear something and process it and take it in on at least some level. And I'm not saying we need to ignore the news altogether. That's also not a healthy approach. 
We need to be informed, at least in as much as what is going to impact our lives, but also ideally we want to be working for it towards a better outcome for our communities, for society, as much as we can, wherever we can have an impact. And I'm going to be coming back to that, the importance of impact, knowing where we can have it and how we can create it. So recognizing that what we take in from the impact of the news, as well as from our physical world, has such an effect on us. And we, being energetic beings, as I was talking about through the insights of the HeartMath Institute, we impact the energy of those around us. So if there's something you can do to raise your energy, to raise your vibration, to make it a little easier to feel a little bit better emotionally, physically, and moving through the space, wouldn't you want to hear about it? So that's what we're here to take a look at. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably heard me refer to positive psychology. And one of the forerunners in this field, Barbara Fredrickson, put some attention and quite a lot of research to the concept of broaden and build. And so just to give us a little bit of framework to work within, her broaden and build theory says that positive emotions broaden the scope of attention and cognition, right? By feeling positive emotions, we have benefits. We have enhanced attention. We have enhanced understanding and perception of the information that we're receiving, right? And therefore, but these positive emotions and their impact in our attention and cognition help to create upward spirals toward increasing emotional well-being. So beyond feeling good in the moment and having positive emotions, by drawing on these positive emotions, by eliciting more of these positive emotions, we're able to increase the odds that we will feel better in the future. It's kind of like by looking for ways to help ourselves feel better right now, we're building the foundation of that resilience, of that ability to see the brighter side in situations, of the ability to see the best possible outcome that's going to serve us so well moving forward. So with that in mind, then I hope you can also see the benefit to not only raising our vibration, raising our energy so that we feel better right now, but that by doing this little bit of effort here, we have long reaching benefits that we're going to be able to enjoy moving forward. And this again, not only for ourselves, but if we can bring others along with us, if we can help our families understand this, then we can create communities who have a deeper value and appreciation for doing what it takes to help ourselves feel better. So I'd like to take a look then at ways we can raise our vibration. We're going to dive into a couple of these aspects that I've already mentioned briefly, just in our kind of introduction here. But I want to start going through the list of ways that we can raise our vibe. And first and foremost, I'm passionate about connection and building opportunities for connection. It's because we're social beings. And as women, we are wired to tend and befriend. In times of stress, in times of difficulty, women have throughout time, it's wired into our being to recognize that we are better together. It's not just a campaign slogan. She just happened to have some really on-point marketing in terms of being able to say something that is fundamentally true. 
So women tend to reach out and surround ourselves with friends, with community, with support when we're feeling stress. Now, sometimes in times of stress, we might feel inclined to withdraw. Maybe we feel like we don't want to bring other people down with our bad mood, our energy. We don't want to place demands on others or appear weak or unable to carry everything that is showing up in our lives. But it's important to recognize that we fundamentally, we respond to being able to come together and have that support. Oxytocin is that cuddle hormone, right? We get that surge of oxytocin when we have a good hug, an authentic, maybe 17 seconds according to research, hug, that physical connection with someone. That oxytocin inspires us to develop, to build and deepen these connections. And so what are some ways that we can even if, as I said, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling like, no, I don't want to inflict this on anyone else. What are some ways that you can have benefits from more connection, from drawing community around yourself? So one way is that you can look for opportunities to check in on others. Who haven't you heard from in a while or who is close to you that you can start to build a more consistent habit of checking in on, see how they're doing. You can do this with written messages or voice text messages. I like to use the Voxer walkie-talkie app on my phone. I have a small group of dear friends who we've been using this and it's amazing just to hear each other's voices throughout the day. And this is something that's become very consistent for us. We do daily check-ins. And it's lovely to know that someone is thinking of you, is wanting to hear from you, is listening to how you're feeling and is giving input, right? It can be as simple as that, a quick check-in to help you feel more connected and present. And so instead of letting these devices make us feel more separate, more apart and isolated, let's look for ways to use these tools to deepen and make our connections more consistent. Another beautiful way to deepen this is to look for ways to have face-to-face -face connections, to meet up with a friend for coffee or tea, to meet up with a friend for a walk, even better. You can walk and you can talk. And as you're walking, as your eyes naturally scan the horizon and are looking around you, they mimic, they're actually doing, they're doing this scanning behavior that our body has been wired to understand means we're okay. Because when we're under stress, our focus is lasered in on the source of the stress. What is the trouble? Everything is dialed in on that. And so therapists are able to successfully use this in EMDR, eye movement desensitization technique. And by broadening our scope of vision, by letting our eyes rove the horizon, our body actually receives a physical signal that we are safe. And so walking is a wonderful way to turn down stress and to help your body come back into balance. So if you can combine a walk, getting outdoors in nature, we'll talk more about that pretty soon, and this connection with a friend, you're really getting triple benefits on this opportunity for connection. Another powerful way to support yourself through feeling more connected is by looking for ways that you can share random acts of kindness. These have been proven to help us feel happier 
right? We get when we give. And so what are some ways that you can do good deeds for others? Is that holding the door for someone as you're on your way in or out of the building? Is it just actually making eye contact and smiling at someone and being present in an interaction as opposed to eyes down hurrying along now granted it depends on where you are perhaps in new york city eye contact and outward smiles aren't going to be your daily course of action but here in san diego it's a little more likely and maybe this is a movement that's time has come maybe it's time for us to be the one to establish more human connection in situations where we are safe, where we don't need to worry about those connections going awry. Although throughout my personal history, I have to say that in my experience and practice of treating people as humans in general, this has a good outcome. So people tend to perceive honesty, kindness in these perceptions. So I hope that people don't feel afraid to make eye contact, to smile perhaps at a stranger, but no one has to do all of these suggestions. So you're welcome to choose your favorite and go with that. But getting back to the power of a smile, one of the favorite bits of research that I've ever come across is the ability of positivity to travel through three degrees. And what does that mean? Think of seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, or is it six degrees? I'm only four, so I don't have to keep track. But when you think about these degrees of connection, right, when you're feeling positive, and again, I'm not talking about faking positivity, toxic positivity, pretending everything is fine and ignoring risk or threat to yourself. We need to be able to be honest and to have access to all of our emotions. But when you're feeling positive, and you have the ability to reflect that to other people. Not only does your positive state, your higher vibration, help to elevate the person that you're in connection with, that you're with in this moment, but a degree beyond them, they take the impact of that positivity and radiate it to a degree beyond them, and even to a degree further. The degree of people who they interact with. So not only to the first and the second, but even to the third degree, we have the ability to share our positive energy. And this is some research that's come back again through the field of positive psychology. Now that we're finally turning our attention to what's good and how can we call in more of it? And I'm gonna have some more of these tips from positive psychology as we continue on here. And then finally, in terms of community and connection, one of the most profound ways, and it doesn't have to take long, to really have an impact is simply to give people the gift of your presence. As I mentioned, if you're holding the door for someone to pause, to see them, to offer them a smile, people desperately want to be seen, to be heard, and to be understood. And so how in an interaction with someone where you might keep your gaze down, shuffle through the business of taking change, pick up your bags and walk away, how can you within even just a second or two to connect, to offer empathy about their day? When I'm checking out at the grocery store, I like to engage with the clerk. Are you almost at the end of your shift or is your day just starting? Did you have a good lunch break? Did you see this on sale over there on your closeout shelf? Or you know, this is my favorite remedy for cold season as I walk out of Sprouts with my sinus blaster insider tip. What are some ways that you can just 
acknowledge the humanity in the person that you're currently with. Again, going back to our fundamental need, our desire for connection and the way that we respond to it. We come into that beautiful heartfelt congruence when we can share space with people and it doesn't have to take long. So next, I would love to explore the benefits of positivity. Of course, we're going to stick with that, but also gratitude. Again, through research, it has been found, it's been demonstrated that practicing gratitude, putting an emphasis on gratitude more consistently, ideally daily in your life, has direct benefits to feeling more positive. It helps us to raise our positivity set point. And as I've already said, I'm not about ignoring the heavier emotions that need to be felt and understood. They're positive messages for us to understand what's going on in a situation. What do we need to change? How do we need to support ourselves? And we are biologically wired to respond to stress. That's why bad emotions are like Velcro and good emotions or good experiences can be more like Teflon, right? They slide right off. They don't stick as well in our memories unless we train our brain to look for them. And that's the benefit of the gratitude practice. So when we write down three things that we're grateful for, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, looking for some fresh things to inspire us daily. That helps our brain understand that we place a priority on this emotion so that when another event comes along and it triggers that emotion, our brain is primed to recognize it. It saves that experience. It puts a little highlight on that memory so that it's easier to see more of that what you focus on grows. So as you put focus on gratitude, your brain finds more opportunities to celebrate, to feel that gratitude. If three gratitudes a day isn't a practice that resonates with you, you can also just take time to think about one thing that went well through the course of the day. You might journal on it, you might get in the practice of telling a friend or your partner or trading these stories with your children. What's one thing that went well today? Again, it's training our brain that we're going to sift back through our experiences of the day and put a priority on this. And it helps to deepen those emotions. You can also offer gratitude to someone else. Send an email, a text, a card to someone saying that you're grateful for them, what they've done for you, how they've been an impact in your lives. And again, going back to we get when we give, that's one of these random acts of kindnesses that really resonates deeply with the recipient as well as helping to uplift us. Now, as I was talking earlier about Barbara Fredrickson's Broaden and Build body of research, that ability to, as we are in a positive state and have a positive affect, a positive way of being, it broadens our ability to tune in, to connect, to receive, and to learn from the world around us. We can enhance that. We can build this skill of having this positive perception, this positive affect, as they like to call it, through using a practice, sometimes working with a therapist, working on this yourself or with a friend, again, sharing stories, to utilize broad-minded coping. And this helps us to tune into positive emotions that we have felt before. Because as through our memory, 
as we are reliving an experience and the more detailed, the more robust we can make that memory of an experience, our body has the benefit as if it's experiencing it again in real time. And so through the practice of broad-minded coping, we can look back on situations, on stories from our lives where we felt some of our best feelings, right? Some of our most joyful, most connected, most happy, most proud moments and cultivate those emotions by reliving the experience, by getting really into the details, by integrating as many of our five senses as we can. What were we smelling on the air? What were we seeing around us? How was the light? What was the person we're with wearing? What were we hearing? Were there nature sounds? Was it just the conversation? Was there a tea kettle whistling in the background? And sharing these stories with yourself, with a friend, helps us to create these positive mental images that help to elevate our mood. So that's a practice too that you can use to build your positivity. And we have to come to self-care at some point. And you know, I'm trying to change the perception of self-care. It's not bubble baths and face masks and that sort of fluffy stuff. Self-care is just what it takes to take care of yourself, what fills your cup, what leaves you feeling more nourished and restored, how do you help yourself recover? And so we've explored several times on the show the foundations of health, uh, sleep, food, and movement. I'm going to start with food, looking to get quality food, adequate, healthy hydration helps us at the physical level, helps us at the cellular level. So our cells have the building blocks they need to recover, to recreate, to heal the tissues so that we can physically simply be able, have the ability to be healthy. So nourishing ourselves with quality food is going to help us raise our vibration. It's going to help our cells work more effectively. It's going to help from that cellular level that we have everything that we need to function, to digest, to receive the nutrients from the food that we eat so that we can make more healthy cells, right? It's all so interconnected. Being more mindful as we're eating, giving gratitude for the food that we're about to eat. Again, we can integrate some of these principles and practices in ways that fit for you. Maybe it's a childhood practice to pause and say grace before a meal. Maybe taking a moment to feel grateful and be present before you eat and making a more mindful practice of eating is something that you can receive benefit from and will certainly help to raise your vibe. So also in terms of eating, drinking, plenty of water, we need to get our rest, right? And it's so essential for recovery. It's easy to overlook. And when we're stressed, it's easy for our sleep to be interrupted. I have resources on ways that you can improve your sleep hygiene, create a space that is more restful and nurturing for sleep. And if you're struggling with sleep, it's certainly something that that you really need to call in support. If it's something that you're having trouble resolving on your own or really relying on taking something external to help you sleep at night, melatonin every night affects your own hormone levels. It's not a healthy long-term solution. So look for ways to nurture your best quality of sleep. We'll talk a little bit about mindfulness in just a moment. That's one of the most powerful ways to boost the power, the quality of your sleep. 
but also giving yourselves opportunity to rest. Rest doesn't only mean getting six to eight hours of sleep every night. Rest also means the pause in between activities, the calm times, the down times, taking a nap perhaps, or sitting and being present, talking with friends, looking for these ways in which you can rest and feel recovered. Playtime is essential for giving our brain a little space to solve some of the issues, the questions that have come up through the course of the day so we can come up with those brilliant solutions. Those tend to be generated best in our quiet and our peaceful mental times. So playtime, creative activities, if it's coloring books, if it's knitting, if it's something that engages your hands or your attention, and just let some of those mental processes take a pause so that you don't have all of those wheels churning away all the time. So the benefits of sleep and rest along with food, I think are really essential points along that self-nurturing and nourishment area where we can always find ways to do better. And then movement, I was referring to those foundations of health and movement is a powerful way to change our energy. And so look for ways throughout the day that you can move more. We're just designed to be creatures who move from place to place. I recently watched Living to be 100, The Blue Zones series on Netflix, which I find really fascinating. And if that's something we wanted to explore more deeply in conversation, let me know. There's a lot of great insights that came from that program. One of those is the power of not making everything in our life so convenient by walking from place to place, having walkable neighborhoods, walking out to do some garden work, having more walkable neighborhoods, going a little bit further using the stairs. All of these steps add up. We don't have to be runners. We don't have to go out for long bouts of exercise unless that's something that you resonate well with and that lifts your energy, in which case continue to do that. But simply moving our bodies throughout the day in these gentle ways has powerful lasting benefit. So looking for that even came to me as I was working up my list of ideas, ways to enhance your environment as well as move your body is perhaps set aside 10 to 15 minutes a day Perhaps it's in the morning, perhaps it's in the evening, when you're finished with work or settling in, put on some good music and move around your house. Declutter a little bit, tidy things up, pick things up that have landed throughout the day, maybe do some dusting, sweeping, vacuuming, that kind of gentle exercise that again, builds a habit of consistency so that you don't feel like you have to give hours of a weekend day to tidying up your house and increases the health of your environment, captures those little airborne particles that add up to impact our lung health because we live in these tight little boxes now. So look for ways, little daily practices or habits that you can integrate to get some extra steps. And of course, you can integrate mindfulness with exercise by doing practices like yoga, tai chi, qigong, ways that you can slow down, tune into your body and be present to how your body is feeling. Where you feeling a little achy or stiff and what might benefit your body there. 
One of my favorite recommendations to bodywork clients is Epsom salt baths. So again, another beautiful way to check in with your body, but also a way to relieve some of that tension or stiffness that you might notice when you're tuning in to your physical body. And then again, I've already mentioned it, put on a little music while you're tidying up the house, just putting on a little music that you can't help but dance to. Definitely one of the best, fastest, easiest ways to raise your vibe is to put on some great music that lifts your emotion and helps you move around. In fact, music is one of those ways in which it's easiest to see the connection between how our energy can impact our emotions. When we do something like that that generates physical energy, we're raising our inner energy, our vibration, our emotional state, and that impact is far-reaching, not only physically, internally, but also, again, with anyone that we might be coming into connection with as the day goes on. So we give a lot of credence to mindfulness and sometimes we don't have time. Sometimes we've tried to be mindful or to meditate, but we struggle with sitting still. We know that to-do list is sitting there waiting for us. We know that there's probably going to be more bad news when we check back in on those streams or media. And how can we find opportunities? How can we really make mindfulness work for us in a very demanding, always on world that we're operating within? There's always more bad news if we're looking for it. Personally, I've gotten really selective about where I get the news that I'm watching, how often I put it on. I don't put it on late in the evening. I don't tend to start my day with it. It's been found, again, in research, negatively priming your mind by tuning into negative news and putting that frame into our mind and our perception of the day, it can impact our mood for up to eight hours afterwards. So if you start the day with news and all the heavy news that there is, unless you are countering that with some positivity practices to change your mood and your perception of the day, we tend to carry that negative priming through the way that we see everything else the way that we receive feedback at work, the way that we hear about changes in deadlines, the way that we interact in meetings. And so it's important to recognize that even though we might not feel like watching the news at the end of the day is interrupting our sleep, it has an influence on our energy, on the way that we're perceiving the input from the world. And so looking for ways to bring in positivity, I'm looking for like the Good News Network, local news stations tend to run more positive stories about people doing good work in your neighborhood, in your community. Those sorts of opportunities are really important to help you set the tone for the day and to make it a little easier to be present in the moment, to keep your mind from racing ahead, from filling in the blanks, from being its own doom scroll right? And so one of the things that I like to look at, as well as cultivating that balance of realistic news, authentic, often negative news, where can we bring in positivity, is looking at what is within our control and what is outside of it. So much of what the media thinks is essential for us to know about right now, all the time, is completely outside of our control. 
When we receive news, it's a good filter or a good question to ask yourself as we're receiving stories. Yes, and is there anything I can do for that? And if there is, then that's a powerful opportunity to, again, give kindness in your community, to get engaged, to act locally? Is there a group in your neighborhood that's doing work to address food insecurity and make sure that children have access to quality nourishing food by getting involved with that, by doing something that's within your control? We start to feel more capable, more able. We have more impact in our lives. We feel less helpless. Right, So in as much as we're cultivating the news that we want to be receiving, we're also choosing where to put our attention. What can we have an influence on? Where can we have impact? And looking for ways to make peace with, to release attachment to the things that are beyond our control. Because all of our worry and concern isn't going to help resolve those issues. And in fact, It's bringing our energy down. It's lowering our vibration again. And that negative emotion doesn't help us physically, isn't helping our heart, isn't helping our peace of mind, isn't helping our family feel more connected and present to each other. That negative emotion is rippling out in the same way that our positive emotions have that ability to ripple out. So look for ways to curate the news that you're receiving and what you're doing with it. And coming back to mindfulness, different exercises to be present that aren't simply trying to sit still and quiet your mind and successfully meditate, which is kind of graduate work. You can practice mindfulness by tuning into your breath. A lot of time when we're sitting at the computer and working all day, reading email, for example, we tend to hold our breath. We just don't recognize it. But we do. And when we think about how much time we spend in front of a screen, a computer, reading, different input, become more aware of how your breathing is. Is it consistent? Is it open? Is it restricted? Look for ways to tune into your breath. The box breath, to inhale for four counts, to hold at the top for four counts, to exhale for four counts, and to hold that exhale for four before your next inhale is a wonderful way to tune in, to give attention to your breath. You can even, I like to call it then the trapezoid breath. If you hold your breath at the top for four and then exhale for seven and hold that exhale for four before inhaling for four. So just lengthening the exhale works physically and very, very quickly to slow your heart rate. So if you're feeling triggered, if you're feeling stressed or upset, tuning into your breath, focusing on lengthening the exhale is a powerful and fast switch to help us switch out of that sympathetic, the fight or flight stress response and move back into parasympathetic to support rest and digestion. You can use grounding exercises to give yourself an opportunity to be more mindful. You can get outside barefoot. Again, the benefits of nature, of breathing outside, of getting grounded, discharging the negative ions from our feet, and just being connected with the earth is very powerful. You can also just simply, if you're in an office, in a meeting, anywhere you are commuting, bring your attention to your feet, feel your feet on the floor, 
feel your feet inside of your shoes. What's the texture of your socks? Sometimes we get so caught up in information, we're so caught up in the data processing and in our heads that we lose that connection with our body. So by tuning into your breath, by getting present to the feeling of your feet on the floor, we get less energy going to all of those wheels that are grinding away. We bring our energy back down, we connect with our breath, and we come out of that stress response that we might even be spiraling ourselves up into. So grounding is a really, really powerful and quick way to change your energy. Uh, different methods of mindfulness too. Mel Mason joined me on the show and talked with us about allowing the now. Recognizing what you're feeling in any given moment. Practice this for a moment a day. Build it to several moments. Allowing the emotions that you're feeling without chasing them away, without judging or restricting them. Simply being present. She's found this to be a powerful practice in helping her clients who come to her for help decluttering because often we let things accumulate in our physical world as we let emotions and traumas, emotional wounds collect internally. And as we stop fearing our emotions, as we become okay with sitting with difficult feelings, we can make peace. We don't have to self-soothe with stuff. We don't have to nest and look for external pleasures or comforts to try to soothe ourselves. So allowing the now is a very powerful practice that Mel Mason uses with her clients and that just helps us to reconnect with our emotions, to understand how we're feeling at a given moment and get curious. What's the source of that? What do I need to help myself feel better and how can I provide that for myself being present to it without the self-soothing without numbing out without retail therapy so looking for that way to be honest and present with ourselves you can enhance your mindfulness by tuning into your breath the physical sensation of your breath that's why this wasn't listed earlier it's a little bit different instead of Focusing on the quality, the consistency of your breath. Think about the temperature of the air as it comes into your nose. Be aware of the temperature of the air as you exhale, either through your mouth or through your nose. This mindfulness to your physical state, bringing your attention to something very detailed, very localized is powerful. Again, at getting your head out of that heady, repetitive, wheels grinding away space. So being present to your breath is very powerful or being present to physical sensation. I studied with Shirzad Shamin and his work, Understanding Our Saboteurs. And one of his mindfulness exercises was very powerful for me. And if you think about, have you ever heard someone say, this is the world's tiniest violin playing My Heart Bleeds For You. Might be an old reference, but feel your finger on the ridges of your thumbnail. Get present to the physical sensation. Is it smooth? Is it ridged? How does that skin feel? Again, what's the temperature? You can rub your fingertips together. So delicately and presently, can you feel the ridges of your fingertips? 
And this, again, if you have your hands in your lap, you can do this in the middle of a meeting. If you start feeling triggered, if you start feeling overwhelmed, your emotions are starting to get the better of you, tune back in to a physical sensation, your feet on the floor, your breath coming in and exhaling through your nose, your fingertips rubbing together will bring you out of that headspace, will stop that downward spiral of fear, of worry, of anger, of frustration, and help you get present so you have the opportunity to get curious. What can turn this around? What do I need right now? What would help this conversation go more easily and honestly and beneficially for everyone? Obviously, with mindfulness, we're going to come to meditation at some point. As I said, some people struggle with the practice of simply sitting and meditating. There are so many apps available now with guided meditations, with music and timers. So you can just set that up and you'll have a bell chime in five minutes or something. So you don't even need to give any concern to how long have I been sitting here and how much longer do I have. But I'd like to share with you, I'll remind you that I created a library of guided meditations. My meditation library is available on the website and I'll have a link in the show notes if you're interested in this. I'm offering this at a special price. It's got recorded meditations for rest and better sleep, for connection to your body, for better physical health and understanding what your body's looking for in terms of feeling more nurtured and nourished. So I'll have a link there if you'd like to check out my guided meditations that I have available. And as I mentioned, there are so many different resources available to you. I even have recently shared a crystal singing bowl sound bath on YouTube, and it right away started getting more views than just about anything that I've shared. So I can tell that people are looking for ways to have a little support in meditation, in mindfulness. And so these tools are certainly available and I'd love it if you take advantage of some of mine. I'll have all of those links in the show notes. And coming back to nature, we talked about being in nature. We talked about how our eyes simply moving to take in the aspects of our environment are beneficial or calming to us, give our body the signal that we are safe. We also have been able to see in research that by seeing nature, by seeing greenery, trees, even through pictures or outside of windows, but that visual contact with nature helps people heal more quickly, measurably faster. And so connecting with nature, whether you can get out into it, of course, as I'm recording this, it's the end of October, we're moving into the deeper fall and winter months here in the Northern Hemisphere. So how can you do it if it's not appealing outside? If you're not lucky enough to live in Southern California, like I do, where my only obstacle to getting to the beach is making the time to get to the beach, you can create these opportunities for yourself. You can create a little spot in your home that feels warmer, that's next to a window with natural light. Hang a large picture or poster of your beautiful, your favorite kind of nature space so that you can see yourself there. You can be reminded of a favorite vacation you took with someone who's special to you. Look for ways to bring the vacation vibe home, I like to say, and I'll include a link for that podcast that I shared earlier this summer. Ways that you can take the benefits of vacation without feeling 
the frustration of I can't travel there, I don't have the time, I don't have the resources, that's not for me. Look for ways to create a nature space, even if you don't have one for yourself. But again, even if it's just for a few minutes in the morning, getting outside in natural daylight helps to stimulate our body to raise our energy and trigger to our entire body that we are awake that it's time to be energized. Getting quality light in the morning is really important. And you might be surprised at the benefit. If you live further north, where it's dark in the mornings, getting a full spectrum lamp, again, having a space in your home where you can enjoy that full spectrum of light, you can feel warmer, you can feel connected to nature could have profound benefits for you, especially if it's something you can integrate daily. So I've covered a lot of ground today. We had quite a list, but I hope that overall you feel inspired to look for ways to take back control of your emotions when life keeps serving up all of these shocking news stories that just you feel in your heart or you feel in the pit of your stomach and it feels so overwhelming to have no influence. It feels so overwhelming to think we're doing the same things we've done for years or for generations or for millennia and it's easy to feel your heart breaking and let your heart break let that emotion move through you as best you're able to reach out for support draw in a friend and say this is really heavy are you feeling this too share stories hear them and let yourself be heard and then look for ways to move through it for yourself move through it together look for ways that even a little bit you can shore yourself up you can nurture and nourish yourself so that you feel recovered because we need you to have the energy to come back to stay in this game with us we can't all tap out because we're overwhelmed and we've lost hope and we think that this is the end We've been through more difficult times before, but we've never been this connected to this stream of media and input. So look for ways to control the media, control the input, and tune into yourself what it is that you're needing. Notice how these different exercises support you and start to really cultivate these practices that serve you in different situations. If you wake up with no energy, what is a way that you bring energy to yourself in a healthy and beneficial way? At the end of the day, if you have trouble unplugging, what are ways that you can find center and cultivate calm in a healthy and beneficial way? Without ignoring things, without stuffing our emotions, without shoving them aside or isolating and disconnecting. Together, we can support each other, we can uplift each other, and we can have this higher vibration. Don't sacrifice yourself thinking that that's what's necessary to save the world because we need your energy, we need your presence, we need your hope so that we can move forward together to help to create the world that we're all going to enjoy stepping into. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for staying the course and being present and for joining me 
of course, as always, your time is such a gift and I appreciate you being a part of the community. I'd love to hear what you think. If I missed anything that you use to raise your vibe, share that in the comments. Would love to hear that. If you're catching it on audio, if you're catching it on video over on YouTube, you can always join the conversation at happifiedlife.com or on in Facebook, I have the group Live With Less Stress and we continue the conversation over there. Thank you for everything that you do. And I look forward to seeing you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring. So please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.